Hello, special guest of honor. We are the Vessels of Honor's Foundation and we are glad to have you join us this evening. Stay back and enjoy the service. Blessings. has been released in ancient times. Do you understand? So that means when it comes to obeying the instructions of God for you, don't look for new instructions. They are ancient, but they are relevant in season. Do you understand? How many of you are ready for the ancient word again today? Sing that song with seriousness. Ancient words ever true It is ever true Changing me that your people will be blessed, that your people will be edified, that your people will be strengthened, and they will be encouraged, that lives will be transformed here today, that your word will perform its transforming works again in lives today, that these ones that have come here today will not live the same. They will not live the same way they have come, that you will impact them and you will empower them to obey your instructions that they will live a life worthy of your calling in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen, VHF. Amen, VHF. Yes. Give your neighbor a high five. Hi, what's up? My name is Femi. What's up? What's your name? Sit down in the presence of God. So this is about five. This is about five. Um, so what I have to teach is a bit long. <laughs> it's a bit long, and it's it's um, it's going to be profitable. So it's about five. So let's see if we can do one hour with it. Uh, but I will finish it. Don't worry, like I have a very important call by around 6, 45, 7. So don't worry, I'm not scaring you. Just chill. 
tayo with the Amen. So the, the um, topic for today is quantum leap two, Abby. So we've done one where we talked about um, how it is important that you uproot certain hindrances from your mind. Do you do, were you here? You were here at that time, Abby? When we talked about how there is nothing you can receive in your life that you have not first conceived in your mind. That if you lack the capacity to conceive things in your mind, that you cannot see them manifested in your life. You know, the Bible says that as a man think in his heart, the Bible says so is he. As a man think in his heart. So that means a man is not permitted to be anything contrary to his thinking. Do you understand? A man is not permitted to be anything contrary to what his mind can contain. And that is why, you know, the Bible would advise that you guard your heart with all diligence. That out of it comes what? The issues of life. Praise God. I'm not going to dwell on that pretty much because trust me, it's a long road in front of us. <laughs> Praise God. But I just wanted to understand and remind you that when it comes to certain realities, the problem most times starts from your mind. If you have settled it in your mind first, you will see it realized in your life. Do you understand? Um, so there is a way what I am teaching can begin to sound like how to acquire a big mansion at VI. Or what's this um, popular place in America where the tech guys stay? Silicon Valley. Yeah. You know, there's ways it can seem that way. So we are, we are going to define our terms so you understand that this is the house of the Lord and what we are talking about is spiritual. Praise God. So what I'm saying is that for you to walk in certain spiritual realities, your mind must first be in alignment with your steps. Do you understand? You must first be able to conceive it in your mind before you can see it in your life. You want to see any exhibit of the gift of the Spirit, you must first know that it has been granted unto you. There was a man named Smith Wigglesworth. This man did not, did not know that he could speak in tongues until he traveled miles and seeing believers doing so. So he will come back to his city and you know the energy that he just expended, he just taps and finish. Then he will run back to them miles away, doing what? Speaking in tongues. That while these guys are speaking in tongues, so I have to can speak in tongues. So we speak in tongues again and come back to his city and come around that energy and go back again until those ones make jest of him. That's bro, it is not that hard. In the corner of your bedroom, speak in tongues. Do you understand? So that tells you how much a man can be so, God can be so invested in a man and a man is oblivious of it. How much God could have placed his spirit in man and man would miss that communion. And throughout his life, he's doing life like one that has no compass. Asking, you know, complaining on Twitter and heavy social, social media that he's also confused as them. Are you with me? Are you with me? So that means the first thing that must first happen is that you uproot those things in your heart. So I'm, I'm not going to, you know, go into all that again today. Because like I said, so the Holy Spirit will grant me um, utterance to be able to speak these things. But either way, learn what I want to say. 
they will help you. You know this thing that used to happen when people are getting old, and um, so they are, you know, they are, this time around, I'm not living. I'm not living, living like that. Like they are living to, you know, house of glory. And uh, then they start telling you deep stuffs, giving you meat. Praise God. So that's exactly what we want to do today. <laughs> Praise God. So let's go to Exodus chapter 14. scripture. Praise God. Exodus 40. Okay, I won't finish it. The message is down there, down there. But there's something you have to get to up there, so I'll probably just like first six verses. Ah, let's finish it. <laughs> let's finish it. The Bible says that you should endure doctrine. Abby, <laughs> let's finish it. <laughs> All right. So I'll read it alone. I won't say we should read this together so that it's not bad. Verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Moses, On the first day of the first month, set up the tents of the Lord's presence. So the Lord is about to tell Moses to build a tabernacle unto him. Okay? So the Lord is about to give him some instructions. He said, Set up the tent of the Lord's presence. Okay, this is GNC. Let me do NKJV. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall put in it the ark of the testimony and partition off the ark with the veil. You shall bring in the, in the table and arrange the things that are to be set in order on it. And you shall bring in the lampstand and light its lamps. You shall also set the altars of gold for the incense before the hack of the testimony and put up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. Then you shall set the altar of the, burning, of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle, of the tent of meeting, and you shall set the lever between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar and put water in it. You shall set up the court hall around and hang up the screen at the court gate. Now, are you seeing something? That God is telling a man to build a house for him and God is giving him instructions of how to build that house. Follow me. Follow me, church. See, you realize that there are some calamities that are not meant to be happening to you. Follow me closely. Are you with me? Praise God. Okay, so verse 9. I, I think I stopped at verse 7, have we? Verse 8. You shall set up the castle around and hang up the screen at the court gate. And you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and hot that all that is in it. And you shall hallow it and all its utensils, and it shall be holy. You shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all its utensils, and consecrate the altar. The altar shall be most holy, and you shall anoint the liver and its base, and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the doors of the tabernacle of the meeting, and wash them with water. You shall put the holy garment on Aaron, and anoint him, and consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. And you shall bring his sons, and clothe them with tunics. 
you shall anoint them and you as you anointed their father that they may minister to me as priests for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him so he did verse 17 the reason I really want to read everything is because there is a rhyme in it and I want to resound it to you again and again I want us to know we are not going to read together but I will be resounding the rhyme again and again to you it says and it came to pass in the first month of the second year on the first day of the month that the tabernacle was raised up so Moses raised up the tabernacle fastened its socket set up its board put in put in its bar put in its bar anyway and raised up its pillar and he spread out the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it as the Lord had commanded Moses he took the testimony and put it into the ark inserted the poles through the rings of the ark and put the mercy seats on top of the ark and he brought the ark into the tabernacle hung up the veil of the covering and partitioned off the ark of testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses he put the table in the tabernacle of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil and he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord as the Lord has commanded Moses he put the lampstand in the tabernacle of meeting across from the table on the south side of the tabernacle and he lit the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses he put the gold altar in the tabernacle of meeting in front of the veil and he burnt sweet incense on it as the Lord had commanded Moses he hung up the screen at the door of the tabernacle and he put the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered hope upon it the burnt offering and the grain offering as the Lord has commanded Moses he set the lever between the tabernacle and meeting and the altar and put water there for washing and Moses Aaron and his sons would wash their hands and their feet with water from it whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting when they came near the, the altar they washed let's read this part together yeah that's the last one there verse 33 so let's get to the teaching now it says and he raised up the courts all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung the screen of the court gate so Moses finished the work <laughs> the Lord opened your heart to receive die and amen verse 34 it says then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle listen to me church listen to me see there is a pattern there is a spiritual pattern towards which houses must be built in the spirit there is a spiritual pattern to building and those spiritual patterns, they are forebearers of glory. You all are still not getting it. No, there's still more scriptures to read. <laughs> you see, there is a spiritual pattern to every instruction of God for your life, to every dimension of your life, to everything that you are meant to do in life. 
there is a spiritual pattern to it that if you follow them keenly the glory of the Lord will fill that tabernacle if you want to experience the glory of the Lord in whatsoever you are building in your life there is a spiritual pattern you must follow that if you follow them keenly immediately there will be an infilling of the glory Hebrews chapter 3 Hebrews 3 from verse 1 to 6 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and holy priest of an high priest, I beg your pardon, of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he built the house, as more, okay, sorry, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. But Christ as a son over his house, whose house we have, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope, firm to the end. The writer of the book of Hebrews is saying something. That Moses built a house. And the house has a glory. He's saying God built a house. The house also has a glory. He's saying that house, every house that is built by man, is built by someone. Abby. He's saying but every house also is built by God. That is God is interested in the building. Sorry. I'm really sorry about to put my phone on everything. That is, God is interested in every building on earth. And God is involved. He says he is the builder of all house. And any house that is built according to the pattern of God has its own glory. Are you with me? One more. First Corinthians 3 from verse 9. says for we are God's fellow workers you are God's field you are God's building according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder I have laid the foundation and another build on it but let one take it how he built on it for no other foundation can anyone lay down than that which is laid which is Christ Jesus now if anyone build on this foundation with gold silver precious stone wood a straw each one's work will be, will be will become clear for the day we declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is 
if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, you will receive a reward and blah, blah. So Apostle Paul is also affirming the same thing we are saying. That there is a way to build house and there will be testing for what you have built. And what you have built would either stand or not stand depending on how you build. Do you understand? We saw in Exodus chapter 40 that a house built according to the pattern of God was filled with the glory of God. We saw in Hebrews chapter 3 that all house was built by man, but God is the builder of all house. Abi? And that there is a glory that follows a house that is built after the pattern of God. We have established that enough. See, there is a pattern, there is a spiritual pattern for how to have a successful marriage. There is a spiritual pattern for how to live a life in Christ, grounded in Christ, that is fulfilling purpose. And when that pattern is being followed, there is a reward that comes with it. It is called glory. That you will see glory in that house being built. That that house being built will be filled with glory. See, when we say that quantum leap, like where are we? What is the ideal of a believer? Like what is what is the highest height that a believer can climb into? Romans 8. Romans 8, please let's, let's read it. Romans 8, 28. Just follow me. It says, and we know that all things work together for good for those that love God, those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. To be conformed to the image of his son. That is, before you were given birth to, God did not knew you before you were given birth to, he foreknew you. So that means even before your father and your mother met, he had known you. To be what? To be conformed to the image of his son. To be conformed to the image of his son. There is only one intention when God knew you. So that you will be conformed when you are here on earth, to the image of his son. To the image of his son. Next verse. He says, for whom he did foreknow. Because you are there already now. 29. He says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be firstborn among many brethren. He says, moreover, he predestined these, these he also called. Whom he, oh God, this thing is messing with me. Moreover, whom Okay, so, sorry. Moreover, whom he predestined, this he also called. Whom he called, this he also justified. And whom he justified, this he also what? Glorified. GNT for that verse 30. Let me read GNT for you. Verse 30. It says, And so those whom God set apart, he called. And those, those he called, he put right with himself. And he shared his glory with them. Do you see that thing again? Do you see that thing again? That there is a pattern for your life even before you were born. And if you walk in that pattern, what happens? You are conformed to the image of his son. 
And if you are conformed to the image of the Son, what happens? You are glorified. That he is then able to share his glory with you. That you are filled with his glory. That you are filled with his glory. That you are filled with his glory. Like I said, today's sermon is a bit meaty. Calm down and enjoy it. That you are filled with his glory. If only you towards one hand, a singular purpose, not many, a singular purpose, that you are conformed to the image of his son. The day you walk in that reality is the day according to the intention of God you start living. The day you start being conformed to the image of his son is the day you start existing. Because as a matter of fact, he that created you and foreknew you, foreknew you towards this singular intention, that you are conformed to the image of his son. He said, it is only in that that you will find glory. That is, there is only one thing. There is only one way to produce glory in the life of a man. There is only one way that the life of a man can have eternal meaning. It is that he works according to this spiritual pattern of being conformed to the image of his son, of being conformed to the image of his son. Let's talk a little bit about glory. In um, Jeremiah chapter 9, chapter 9 verse 23 it says thus says the Lord let not the wise man glory in his wisdom let not the mighty glory in his might it says nor let the rich glory in his riches it says but let him who glories glory in this that he understands and know me that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness judgment and righteousness in your heart. For in this I delight, says the Lord. This scripture is showing us that there are three vital things that can produce glory. Three things. And these three things, when you see glory to you, see them. Give, giving us three characteristics of glory. Three factors that can produce glory. That when they that are wise, it says they have a particular right to glory in their wisdom. But he said, don't let them glory in it, for there is an higher wisdom. It says they that have strength, it says they have a particular right to glory in their strength. It says, but let them chill, because there is a higher strength, there is a higher power. And they that are rich, let them glory not in their riches. It says, but let them glory in me. Three things that can produce glory. Wisdom, power, and riches, and wealth. 
But do you know the principal thing among these three things is wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom is principal, is the principal thing. It says that um, and money answereth all things and wisdom answereth all things. It says, but the um, but the knowledge or understanding of blah blah, I can't remember that is that wisdom gives life to the that have it. Are you following me? Wisdom. So let's look at wisdom. Let's look at Job chapter 28. Job chapter 28. Um, where are we starting from? Because it's, it's the old chapter actually, but I think I have a particular place I want to start from. Let's start from 12. Please follow me. Please, I beg in the name of the Lord. Follow me. It says, but where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Where can we find wisdom? Where can we find understanding? It says, you will not find it with man. Wisdom does not live with man. So where does it live? It says, the deep says it is not in me. That means we have asked the deep. They confess that they do not have it. It says, and the sea says it is not with me. If you read previous um, verses, it says that this, in the sea we find treasure. That means the sea will tell you that all I have is the, are these treasures. You cannot find wisdom in me. It says, um, it cannot be purchased for gold. That means you can't buy it with money. Nor can silver be weighed for its price. You cannot buy it. You cannot buy it. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewelry or fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birth of air. The birth of air travels here and there. It travels everywhere, but they don't know where it lives. It says, destruction and death says, we have had a report about it with our ears. You know, destruction is very cunning. I mean, you build a house and within 30 minutes you are destroying it. Very wise. Looking similarly wise. Look at death and you see different methods of killing people. And we are asking you, you are this cunning. Do you have wisdom? He says, no. He says, we have heard of it with our ears, but we have not seen it. So where then can we find wisdom? He says, God understands its way. Hmm. And he knows its place. For he looks to the end of the earth and sees under the whole heaven to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the water by measure. When he knew a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolts, then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it. Indeed, he searched it out. And to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord. That is wisdom. <laughs> there are three things you see in a man that is walking in glory. You will find wisdom. You will find power. And you will find riches. Three things. Three things. Three things. Three things. You will find wisdom. I will still read New Testament for you. I know a lot of you can be messed up when you have not seen New Testament. We'll, we'll go there. Wisdom. 
you will find power in a man that is walking in glory. It is called the exceeding greatness of his power towards us that believe. It is an exceeding greatness of a kind of power. That means there are many power in this world, but this particular power, it is the highest form of it. So he says that he wrought it in us just as he wrought it in Christ. After he has raised him from the dead and set him on his right hand in heavenly places. The wisdom is saying that there is only one place to find me. And that is in God. He's saying that, have you seen the fear of the Lord? He's saying that is wisdom. Hey, I'm, I'm speaking, I know I'm speaking to, you know, there, there's this thing about, you know, VHF is a place where it's, it's easy to be carried away, to be, to be honest. And we know these things. And that's why we are serious with ministry. So we are focused. It's easy for you to let me get ahead of myself. But it's easy to be carried away. It's easy to it's easy to think that uh, you know, we just do life and do life and do life and do life. Have money. Have many of it. Abundance of it. Have cars. Bible is saying that there's only one place you can find wisdom. There's only one place that true riches lies. Only one place that power stays. It says it's called in the glory of the Lord. And there's only one place to find all these things. It is in God. It is only in God that you can find the true version of these things. That means you might be encountering, you know, counterfeits in other systems. But there is only one system that contains the true version of this thing. And it is only in God. Only in God. And it says that they that live their lives according to this pattern, and they are conformed to the image of the Son, he says that he will justify them. He says he will not stop there, he will also glorify He says there is a glory for them. He says, and in them you will find wisdom. He says, in them you will find power. And in them you will find true riches. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, he says, we speak wisdom among those that are matured. So that means when they that are wise in this world are seated, he says, we speak wisdom among them. He says, but not the wisdom of this world. It says, nor of the rulers of this world. So the wisdom that we speak among them is not the same that we hear from Aristotle. It says, that wisdom we speak among them. It says, those wisdom, they come to nothing. It says, the wisdom we speak among them, it is the wisdom of God in mystery. It says, the hidden wisdom of God, which has been ordained before the ages. It says, that wisdom has been ordained before the ages. It says, unto something, unto a glory for us. Have you seen it? He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, even in the wisdom, which God ordained for the world, unto what? There's only one, see, there's only one good life. There's only one good life. 
says wisdom here. Eh? says wisdom here. Eh? Give me this verse. Next verse. Verse 8. It says, which none of the princes of this world knew. He says, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Then he says, but it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for they that know him. He says, but they have been revealed in us through his spirit. He says, his spirit has revealed them in us. Why can he do so? He says, because the spirit search all things, even the deep things of God. The spirit search all things. That spirit that is in you, that is at work in us. He says that spirit has the capacity to search all things, even the deep things of God. There is only one being that can search the deep things of God, and that is God himself. So that spirit, of course, is God. He says that spirit has the capacity to search all things. He says, these mysteries has been revealed unto us by this spirit. Next verse. He says, for what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man that is in him. He says, even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Next verse. He says, now we have received. <laughs> so that means that spirit that can communicate that wisdom, that higher level and degree of wisdom. He says, we have received it. He says, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Somebody say, I have the spirit. I have the wisdom. I have the power. I have the scriptures. Are you following me? If you stop at this stage, you've gotten something. Two more to go. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so, um, no, these things are really important for believers to get. They are really important for believers to get. Funny enough, like, okay, so these are everything so far is introduction to where we are going. Praise God. So they are really important for believers to get. Because um, you need to understand that, you know, that the glory of God is at work in you. That you carry this glory that we have been describing, that it is your reality. Is your new man reality. But if you know there is a way God can be so invested in man, and the man we still live a useless life. I hope you know. Second Timothy. So this is really where we are going to go. So that means we can finish in one, one hour. Let me see. How many minutes have I used? <laughs> I've used three minutes. Okay. Let's see. Second Timothy. No, it's funny because early Christians walked in these realities. 
and they worked in it very well. They worked in it perfectly, effortlessly. Do you understand? They worked in it well. They lived out this reality. And if the essence of coming to church every day is not so that you can live a life that is even better, then it is useless. Do you understand? The reason you come to church every day is not so that you come into a higher realm of spiritual understanding with all the technologies of these days that you can interpret beast. So you will not write, write in your own revelation and be saying that the spirit of the beast or the mark of the beast. Do you understand? Like you easily understand that, okay, it's technology and blah, blah. So you can dissect all these things easily. So if you have all these, you know, um, new age knowledge and you are not operating on a better level of understanding when it comes to spiritual things, then it's a waste. So Apostle Paul will start his letters by something. And you will be wondering why so. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. So KJV has a way of hiding these things. Let me read in GNC. 2 Timothy 1, verse 1. It says from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by God's will, sent to proclaim the promised life which we have received in union with Christ Jesus. He says, Paul, he said he has been sent towards one hand. He says he has only one calling, and it is to reveal the promise of life that we have received in Christ Jesus unto everybody. He says he has only one purpose according to whose will to the will of God not according to his own will he says there is a way he's living his life according to the pattern that has been set by God so that it can be filled with the glory that comes with it so Paul is you know you will see him laying this down again and again that there is a pattern to his life and that he's following this keenly check Titus 2 Titus chapter 1, verse 1. So I read write a lot for you. So that you can know how your LinkedIn profile should look like. It says, From Paul, the servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. It says, I was chosen and sent to help the faith of God's chosen people and to lead them to the truth taught by our religion which is based on the hope for eternal life. God, who does not lie, promised us this life before the beginning of time. And at the right time, he revealed in his, it in his message. This was entrusted to me. Apostle Paul is saying that this message of God, says, God has counted me worthy enough to commit his message unto me that I should go to every corner of the world preaching them. Romans chapter 1. Verse 1 2. <laughs> Romans 1 1 to 5. Okay, let me let me go back to my gents. It says, From Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, and an apostle chosen and called by God to preach his good news. 
Paul said he has been chosen and called to what? To do what? To do what? I want to say according to do what? To preach the good news. He says he has been chosen and called by God to preach the good news. The good news was promised. So talking about the good news now. It says it was promised long ago by God through his prophets as written in the Holy Scripture. It is about his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. As to his humanity, he was born a descendant of David as to his divine holiness. He was shown with great power to be the, the son of God by being raised from death. Through him, God gave me the privilege of being an apostle for the sake of Christ. He says, God gave him a privilege. Of being an apostle for the sake of Christ in order to lift people of all nations to believe and obey. So let's go back to our second Timothy chapter 1. That's where we really want to do today. Second Timothy 1. Let me go back to my NKJV. So Paul is saying that he has just one purpose. He says he has just one purpose. The purpose of his life is one, singular. It is that he goes around preaching the gospel. He says that is his purpose. That he goes around declaring what is the promise of life that we have received in God through Jesus Christ. That he goes around proclaiming what is the good news. He says that is the only purpose towards which God has called him. He says that is the sole purpose. That is the sole purpose for his being. Apostle Paul is a man like you. And I will show you now that it is not just Apostle Paul's purpose. This is your purpose too. You've been racking your head asking yourself, what is the reason I'm in this world? Why did God create me? What is my purpose in life? What is the purpose of my existence? This is the purpose of your existence. Let's go to verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. It says, But share with me in the suffering for the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. <laughs> Let me finish it first before I come back. It says, Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose, and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. It says, but has now revealed, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. It says, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the gospel of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. So let's go back to verse eight again. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed. So verse nine. It says, who has verse eight? Sorry. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the suffering for the gospel. He says, according to the power of God, 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 who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. God, who has saved us. He did not just save us. He also called us. You were not just saved. You were also called. He saved us and called us. He saved and called. 
is saved and called. It is easy to settle for the, sa for the saving and not the calling. He saved. The saving came with a responsibility. It was an internal investment of the Son of God. There must be a reaping of sons. So he called also. Apostle Paul says that in Ephesians chapter 1, is it verse 13 now? He says, to in whom also, after you have trusted, he says, after you have heard word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, he says, in whom also, after you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He says, we is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So now that I am sure that you are saved, he says, however, I see not, he says, um, I, I, after I heard that you are saved, after I've heard of your faith and your love towards the saints, he says, I cease not to give thanks to you, pray for you, make mention of you in my prayer, that the eyes of your understanding is enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling. So now that I know that you are saved, now that I am sure that you are saved, there is only one more thing to do for me, that I start praying for you, that you know that there is an essence for this saving. That there is a calling that comes with it. Now that you are saved, that there is a hope of his calling. There is a hope of his calling. And the, the riches of his glory, of the glory of his inheritance among the saints. And the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. That there is a hope of his calling. That there is a hope of his calling. He saved you and called you. He saved you and called you. And this is your purpose. This is your purpose. That you have been called into ministry. See, there is a pattern towards which you must live your life. If it must Speak of glory. If you will not just be one of those numbers, you came to this world in Yesus and so let me even make this good for you. You came the richest man in Nigeria after 20 years forgotten. That's, that's everyone's fantasy. You want to be rich, rich, rich. Everybody wants to be the richest man in Nigeria. How many of us are here? Your purpose cannot be to be a doctor. There was a time that doctors were not being used. So you mean your purpose just started existing when they and them Hippocrates and all started formulating the science behind doctor, being a doctor. Your purpose cannot be to be a tech guy. You can't be kidding me. When did this when did all these things start? That can't be your purpose. Your purpose cannot be to be an, a pilot. When they first ride the airplane, that you are conformed to the image of his son, and that you have been saved and called. Say after me, I have been saved. I have been called. I have been saved. I have been called. You've been called. There is a calling on you. You are a man of ministry. <laughs> you are a man of ministry. See, you may be living your life like in certain ways right now and all that, and you know, you just want to be nonchalant and like 
no, I just want to enjoy my life, just leave me, like, don't disturb me, I don't want anybody to disturb me, I just want to be fine, and be pleasuring, and all that, you, you know, I mean, that may be really what you, like, that may be how you are living right now, but you are wasting the investment of the ancient God on you. You are wasting an higher wisdom on you. Now, is this to say that everybody should come and hold my hand, you know, start preaching every, and start um, holding church? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you are in the fashion space, Abby. You have been called up to something there. That means you are not the one that will do fashion one kind, one kind. You are the one that people will see glory and beauty in you. You are in the tech space. You are not the kind of guy that you start encouraging certain things. You are the one that will be building up for something, something else. Do you understand? Do you know this thing is so beautiful? Like, you know, um, well, I, I've always been a fan of Bieber, really. Like, to be sincere, to be sincere with all of you, I've always liked Justin Bieber songs. And um, then West too, Kanye West. But there are some Kanye West old videos that you don't want to be watching because you just want to listen to the lyrics and you just go and be like, wow, this guy did sing. But you know, there's where I look at their lives now. I'm just really happy. Do you know? Do you know? This time I was preaching, preached the message this morning. So I was talking about how there is an there is that peak of what money can buy. See, do you know there's a the problem of too much money? Do you know it exists? You know, right? So that means you've bought your basic amenities, all the basic things of life, you have them. Then there are now excess. There are now too much more for you to spend in your lifetime. Do you know that problem exists? Should I pray that you get there? I always say no, you will get there. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Problem not they finish. But please let's let's chill, please. We, we need to, I, I, I'm trying to print something. So um, he was talking about how that, you know, um, it is possible that you, you know, after you have uh, uh, acquired all the basic things that you need, then you now realize that there are certain things that money cannot buy. Money cannot buy a good marriage. Because having glory in your marriage follows a spiritual pattern. And if you do not follow it to the book, sorry. Money does not, money cannot buy a fulfilled life. See, you can be doing, I give one 10 million hours to this one, I give 30 million. You go to your room and be crying every night. there is a pattern to which you must live life. See, it will not make you wretched. Like I said, that glory comes with three things. It comes with wisdom. There is wisdom for life. You have wisdom for all your things. It comes with power. That you are a man of authority. And it comes with riches. So you have all those things that you want to be searching for elsewhere. 
that they only sell counterfeit for you. You have them in Christ. And as you are a man set in spaces and places for one purpose only, that you proclaim the gospel of Christ. Towards one purpose only, that the reason you are going to the USA is so that when you get there also, you can do ministry even better. That you can do ministry even better. That's at the center of the decision-making board of your life are these things. Praise God. So that's first phase of my teaching. Let's first quickly the second phase. First time. So there's introduction, first phase, second phase. <laughs> that's one. That's one. Patient words. have had the greatest influence on my life at PHF Nine. You know, day I was thinking about something. Not even thinking about it. Something really that can be horrible that God prevented happened recently. And do you know the first person I called that I spoke to was someone that I met through this house? Do you understand? So this is a house of word. This is a house that is grounded in word. And that is something that you know, after we are done here, um, if you guys have new pastors, new ministers, that you must be keen to. There is a formula to these things. And I just taught you now how the spirit of God is in you. And now your purpose is to preach the gospel. Now, if you've walked towards that pattern, that the glory of the Lord will shine through you. Abi, I just taught you how you have that ancient wisdom, that ancient power and ancient riches. I just taught you how you already have that glory, how that glory should be reflecting in you. But the question is, is it? Is it? So how does it be? How does it work? Second Timothy. So one, from verse three, it says, "I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, 
that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that it is also in you. You know, there's a way we read this scripture and we conclude that Apostle Paul is reminding Timothy of faith that is already in him. He's not reminding him. Apostle Paul, as a matter of fact, is calling himself to remembrance. He's saying that I'm stating as a statement of fact that there was a faith I have noticed that is in your genealogy. This same faith is in your grandmother Lois. This same faith is in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that this same faith is in you also. He says, then I want to remind you of something. He says, now that I know that you have the same faith, BHF, listen to me. Now that I know that there is this faith in you, that you are saved and called, now that I know that you have the Spirit of the Lord in you, which knows all things, which can search the deep things of God, now that I know that there is a hope of your calling, now that I know that you have the ability to speak wisdom among they that are mature, now that I know that there is this eternal investment of wisdom in you, now that I know these things, now that I know these things for fact, that every man here is saved and called, and should be reflecting the glory of God, let me remind you. There's something to remind you. See, these principles I'm about to tell you, these principles I'm about to tell you, they will open doors you never thought of. Two principles, just two principles. They will open doors. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying horn of my hands. Therefore, I remind you that you should stir up the gift of God, the gift of God that is in you through the laying of my hands. Saying, I remind you that you should stir up this gift that is in you through the laying of my hands. We understand perfectly that Apostle Paul was not the one, he's not the giver of spiritual gifts. You see? You see? The gifts belong to who? To God. So what is Apostle Paul saying? Let's read Ephesians. Just to be sure, to drive that home. In case someone is... Ephesians chapter 4. Then from verse 7. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does this mean? But that he also first descended into the lower part of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Who gave? God. God. In case this is oblivion, let's go to Second Corinthians. First Corinthians, I beg your pardon. Chapter 12. Um, where should we start from? That's on verse 4. It says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. It says there are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. It says there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom by the same spirit. He says to another is given the word of knowledge by the same spirit. He says to another is given the spirit of what? Of faith by the same spirit. He says to another is given the what? The gifts of healing by the same spirit. He says unto another is given the what? The workings of miracle. Then another received prophecy. Another sign of spirits. Then another speaking in different tongues. Then another interpretation of tongues. And it is that same spirit that gave them. So who is the source of this spiritual gift? It is the spirit of God. So there is the spirit of God in Timothy. You know, Paul has first affirmed that. That I am sure that there is the spirit of God in you. How did he? He said the same faith that was in your grandmother Lois. The same faith that is your mother Eunice. The same faith is also in you. So I am sure that the spirit of God resides in you. I am sure that you have access to all these spiritual gifts. So I am sure of these things. He says, but I remind you that you stir up all the gifts of God which are in you through the laying of my hands. Hear me, church. Hear me, VHF. Hear me. Listen to me. It's important you get it. You see, the gifts are given by God. Yet the authority to use are shown by men. Your eyes will be open to these teachings. The gifts truly are given by God. See, but the technicality, the technical know-how of how to use are shown by men. You see, spiritual things are vacuum. Spiritual territories are virtues. And it is only transferred by contact. Jesus knew this thing. He is the God of all. He is the master, the Lord of glory, the Lord of all things. He created all things. All things were formed by him and through him nothing was formed that was formed. It was through him that all things were formed. But when he stepped into this territory, he understood that some people have been doing this before. He had to first go and honor them before he could come into it himself. The Bible says that immediately that he honored that man and he says that let this be so that it may be fulfilled that was in the scriptures. Immediately there was an open heaven and there was a dove descending on him saying that this is my begotten son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to me. Until you start respecting the people that are holding these virtues in your life, forget it. Ah. <laughs> it's big, I know. You see, there is a place of mentorship in spiritual things. There are spiritual realities that you will not walk into just being on your own. That's why you are not created an highland. That's why you are created and placed in the church. Did you read that? He said it's for the perfecting of the saints. Abi, so that you can be perfect. So that means immediately someone gets saved, he's placed in a church where people are already working in all these gifts. So that he also can then, you know, the house with them, get mentored by them, and start working in that reality himself. So if you are saved and you are not in, them, in the midst of them, there will never be perfection of the saints. Come, come, live. Next phase of your life. In anything. Spiritual things and your mundane things get mentored, get discipled. Stop, stop just 
running around like sheep without shepherd. Get a form for life. Get mentored. Get mentored. The Bible says that Elijah, there were, Elijah was complaining to God that, okay, so Jezebel has wanted to kill me and blah, blah, and something was, so, 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 was about to happen. And the Lord showed, he said, I'm the only prophet that is still professing your name in Israel. Do you know what God showed him? God opened his eye. And he was able to see that there were 6,000 other prophets who have not bowed down their heads to Baal that are still on the land of Israel. It will surprise you that none of them received the transfer of that power from Elijah except he that was mentored by him. <laughs> you think it's joke? You think it's coincidence? Eli was a priest that was set upon Israel. Abi, he has two sons, Phineas and Ophneas. Ophneas and Phineas. Abi, but they were not being mentored by their father. But look at the man that was sown as a seed of honor into the house of the Lord. In honor, receiving that office of an high priest. Spiritual things. There are virtues. Transfer. Amen. Spiritual things. There are virtues. Transfer. You see, these things ache your head. You call this connection. You know that's the way it's working in the secular world. You're like, connection is too much, bro. If my wife is a professor of language and linguistics, and I'm the president of Nigeria, and we need, and, and I know she's qualified, and they need, she's working in UI as a lecturer. We need the VC of UI, and she's contexting. Who will like it? I don't go and submit to people. Stop complaining that something, 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 they are doing something. What? It's Paul telling Timothy. Says these things that you have received of me. So that means, see, he's telling him here that stir up the spiritual gifts that has been in you by the laying of my hands. We know that he's not the one that gave the spiritual gifts, but he gave permission for the use of it. So he's telling him that stir them up. Because Timothy was, was with Apostle Paul when he was in Rome, casting down arguments, healing the sick. He saw how these things was playing out. He was in direct contact with it. So Apostle Paul was showing him that I'm doing these things with faith. You will go to Cappadocia. You will do the same thing. And Apostle Paul was showing him that you too can do these things. You will go to Corinth, and he will do the same thing. And Apostle Paul was showing him that you too can do them. Macedonia, you will go there and heal the sick. Because Paul was showing him that you can do them. So he was now reminding him here. He says, I remind you that you should stir up. You see those things that you saw me do? Do them also. You can. He says, not that I am, I am sure that you have faith. He says, that faith is all you need. He says, these things that you have learned and had of me. He says, commit them also unto faithful men. Hey! Tell me, church, there is only one character that open offices. It's called honor. It's called being faithful. He says, commit them also unto faithful Do you want access? This is the principle. It is an ancient principle. 
It has been working in times of ages. It will work today. I am sure it will work tomorrow. If Jesus tarry, it will work. And even in the world to come, it will continue to work. It's an ancient principle. He says, these things that you have heard of me, he says, commit also unto faithful men who are able to teach others. That means it must not end with those faithful men. They too must find they that are loyal to them and teach them. He says in one place that be careful to lay hands on people. So that, that tells you that there is an importance on that laying hands. He says be careful to lay hands on people so that you don't go and anoint idiots. pattern that produces glory. There is a spiritual pattern that forbears glory. There is a way you can see the glory of the Lord shining in all aspects of your life. See, it will shock you. You know, we used to say that um, sexual purity in relationships and all that. If you are in a relationship and you are not accountable to people, I can't. Lies, Abby. You and I know. It's a lie, Abby. That uh, you are pure. You are that uh, if I love her, I love her, something, something, I will not touch her. So, okay. Like you have seen someone you love and you will not touch her. How do you work in sexual purity? There will be people that will instruct you in righteousness. They will tell you what to do. Don't stay in the same room together. They will, be, they will be resound you in your head. They will, you will be accountable to them. Sometimes, sometimes, you pick your phone, you call them. You need to call Emma. They will correct you. Before you don't run into some stupid error. There is a pattern that leads to glory. There is a pattern that leads to glory. And there is a purpose for man. There is one purpose for your life. And if you walk in that purpose, there will be glory in every aspect of your life. And there is one principle that upholds it. It is mentorship. That men that have been placed upon you, you honor them and submit so that they can teach you the things they have had from they that they also submitted to. And they that submitted to Christ, the things they received, that they taught others. So that as they are transferring it, it can reach your own side too. So that you don't become those Christians that have been Christians for 20 years but no testimony. Because nothing is reaching your hand. Nothing is reaching your side. Because you actually never submitted to the gospel. You go and go and go in on Twitter and be saying that, can you consent something? There is no something to send things. Because you have actually never experienced it. See, there was a time I was having, I was being skeptical about works of miracle and all that. Due to all the stories, stories, and all that. So I, I was speaking with Pastor Sam about it. But do you know one thing you could not take away from me from that conversation? I said, I know beyond doubt that prayers get answered. Because I have prayed and I have seen the reward. Prayed again, seen the reward. I have seen the results of my prayers. I said, I know that one for sure. So we cannot start talking about my skepticism about, about miracles. Because until you have things, it is only things you have experienced that you can express confidently.
favor on you in words and in prayer. They are deserving of your double honor. If you want to walk in the glory of the purpose of God for your life, start honoring those words. Amen. Have you gotten something today? Are you sure you've gotten something? You're not living in the same way. Will you take actions to these things? Will you take actions on these things? Bad on your head, sister. yourself to be discipled. Allow yourself to be taught. Allow yourself to be taught. Because that is how you also can teach others. Allow yourself to experience the things of God. God be with you. But I pray for everyone there that they are strengthened. That they are strengthened. That these ones will fulfill purpose. They will walk in your glory for their lives. They will walk in your glory for their lives. 
for in Jesus' name we are praised. Let's receive the directories. Thank you for joining us today. I'm sure you've been blessed. You can follow us on our social media platforms at VHFUI on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube videos with the name Vessels of Honors Foundation. Previous messages can also be listened to on Anchor and on AudioMark with the username Vessels of Honors Foundation. We're the Vessels of Honors Foundation. We're a very happy family. We're born into a very hot fire and we operate on a very high frequency. And we'd love you to join us again and again and again. Stay blessed and have a wonderful week. Bye.